Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hello, and welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm your host, and today I have Mallory Dittmer. She is a personal brand coach and a work-life integration expert. We practiced that, and I got it, you guys. I'm so proud of myself. I'm giving me like an air high five. (laughs) Mallory, thank you for being here today. It's our pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Okay, so let's start with a question that's burning in my mind, and I know everybody else's too. When they hear the word personal brand coach, what exactly is a personal brand? Oh, I am so glad you asked me that question because I think for any of us that do have some idea of personal branding as it exists today, I think we definitely sell the concept of personal branding short. So a personal brand in the traditional sense is really about reputation management. It's about, you know, kind of building your LinkedIn profile to make yourself more attractive to employers. It's about building, you know, your follower count and things like that. And as someone who has my whole career is in brand and in brand management, I have a deep respect for the power and influence of of brand as a whole. So my career is really in fashion and lifestyle branding. And really anyone that's worked with those kinds of brands knows that if you have a really strong foundation in your brand, every decision you make, every strategy you build, everything that goes on your calendar, like it all comes back to brand, being on brand. And so it makes the decision-making process much easier, right? And that's really like your path to success. Just stay the course, stay on brand, and you'll grow. And so I like to take that definition into personal branding because I love personal and professional development, okay? I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do too. So One thing that I've found in all of my conferences and coaches and learnings is that we don't have a great way to tie it all together, right? Everything that we learn and everything that that moves us and excites us, it kind of, there's so much to consume, right? That it can kind of go in all different directions. Well, if you think about things in, in reference to your personal brand, you know, the person that you are at your foundation level, the life you want to lead, the kind of work you want to do, the kind of career you want to have, then all of a sudden you can kind of take all your personal and professional development and kind of tie it into a bow with personal branding. Does that make sense? Where ultimately it becomes, okay, how does this amazing thing I just heard, how does it relate to my personal brand in a way that I can go and implement it in my life? Yeah. Ultimately, that's how I think about it. And I think it's a really powerful way to integrate your work in life because ultimately, I think most of us don't want to lead 
a personal life and a professional life. We want to lead one big, full life. And so great way to do that is through personal branding. Okay. That totally helps. And as I was stalking you and your personal brand and your business brand that you have online, it sounded to me, it looked to me like your story was really similar to mine in the way that you were kind of this like high powered professional person before you had kids and then had to really bring in the personal part of that and figure out how to do the integration of both of those into what defined you as a person. Tell us about that. Tell us about your story and kind of how this became a passion area for you in in your life, the work you do now. Yes, absolutely. So I was always super career driven and always loved the idea of making my mark on the world in corporate America, right? I was going to shatter some glass, get to that C-suite, so motivated. I was actually someone who wasn't totally sure I wanted kids because I was so focused on my career. And then actually first I became an aunt and I decided, oh, wow, there's something to this kid thing. (laughs) But then I had my own children and yeah, my world was rocked. I mean, it was completely rocked because my identity up until that point was completely career driven. You know, it was my title. It was how fast I was being promoted. It was all wrapped up in my performance. And then all of a sudden I'm holding this baby and it's like, whoa, there's way more to life. There's way more to me. Now my values look so different overnight. Like how do I bring these things together? And I honestly kind of tortured myself for a long time thinking that there was some miracle answer, you know, that I was going to find a way to be a CEO and, you know, greet my kid off the bus at the each day like that, that actually in most scenarios in corporate America is a virtual impossibility. So yeah, after years of burnout and just you know it, the emotional toll of kind of having that friction, that tension in your life. I ultimately decided to leave corporate America. And honestly, it's like the biggest disappointment of my life that corporate America wasn't ready for me, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't ready to sacrifice everything to keep growing my career in that way. So I really appreciate your transparency on that because I think that really is it. I think that there's a whole generation of us who were told by their parents. Like I was told by my parents, you can be anything you want to be. You can do it Mm -hmm. all. And they were right that I could do anything, but they were absolutely wrong that I could do everything. Like Mm -hmm. no way, you know, there's just no way for a human being to be able to do everything. And I think that's why so many of us felt that burnout is because we were trying, like you said, to reach this impossible goal of balance. When I think now we're learning and the research is bearing out, like it's not about balance. It's about integrating both all parts of you into your life every single day and knowing kind of when is the right moment to lean in, when is the right moment to lean out and to really have a a life that's more based off your values, which might be changing like moment to moment, day to day, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to aiming for this perfectly balanced scale at all moments at all all times. So you decided you're going to make this change. Mm -hmm. You went into then changing it up, work-life integration, really making that your, your area of expertise, and then building personal brands. 
tell us now that we understand a little bit better about like what is a personal brand on a macro scale on a more micro scale, if someone said, okay, I'm ready. I want to do that. And I understand as a business, what it would mean to like have a logo and maybe have colors and build an archetype for my brand. Like we went through all that at modern mommy doc. What does it mean when you do that from a personal standpoint? What, what are the steps you take to begin building a personal brand? Absolutely. So Basically, it all starts with a whole like discovery session, kind of rediscovering yourself when you strip away all the conditioning and all of the expectation and really look at who you are at the deepest level and what you want without limiting yourself to your current circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. taking work-life balance, like you said, out of the picture and just really thinking, what is it that I really ultimately want for my life, for my career, for my relationships? It's getting into that real good discovery phase. And then with that, you start to define, like I said, your brand values, you know, you define your brand promise. Like what, what is my life going to mean to the people in my life? You know, all of these terms I'm, I'm speaking to are ones we use in branding and in the real world in, mm-hmm. you know, brands like Kate Spade, where I worked and coach and et cetera. And basically you define out, yeah, the standards at which you're going to live your life. And one of the most powerful ways how we tie that session up is really with your brand guardrails. So these were always really powerful in my career because we'd say, you know, our brand is this and our brand is not that, you know, Mm -hmm. so it takes your values to the next level to where you can really easily start to see all the little decisions you're making every day. Are these within my guardrails? Like, Mm -hmm. are these within who I want to be, what I want to stand for, what people, what I want people to know me as. It makes that part of it so much easier. And then from there, we take that really strong foundation and actually build out the brand strategy. You know, how are we going to get to that ultimate dream for our work and lives? I call it the work-life win-win because ultimately work and life should be the ultimate win-win. Otherwise, what are we working so hard for? Mm-hmm. So we actually go and strategize and plan the steps of who we need to become to have that life, the things we need to do, how we actually go out and execute. And the beautiful thing about personal branding is that it's a widely respected way to, you know, evolve as a professional. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually go out and execute this in the corporate world, you know, where you put up boundaries, you start to show people, this is what I stand for. And I actually started my own personal brand process before making that decision to quit because it was really important to me to start leading the life that I knew I was meant for to stop abandoning my values so often. I think that's the fastest path to burnout when we're abandoning ourselves. And so when I ultimately quit, I was asked to stay and consult. You know, I was the the CEO that I was working with. He knew me. He knew my heart. He knew why I was making this decision. He knew that it was all about my own integrity and he really wanted to honor that and offer me the chance to, you know, continue to stay on this business that I loved, but in a way that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we build a strategy like that, that gets you to your goal and it doesn't have to be five or 10 years down the road. I know for me, it was like six months. Mm-hmm. So we do get into logo and stuff like that. Cause that's so much fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> to me, that's like a great part about it. 
And then last up is just about activation and accountability, you know, mm-hmm. doing your quarterly reviews, your monthly reviews, just to see, am I on track? Am I getting to where I want to go? And then evolving as needed, because like you said, our values are oh, ever changing. So as you're talking, the thing that is coming up for me the most is you're talking about a discovery session. And I'm thinking about how for most women, this would be like, <laughs> like a 30 hour session would be needed to break down all of the limitations or all of the expectations, all of the conditioning that we've all had. And so I'm curious, A, how long it takes to go through this discovery phase and B, with you personally. And then also, I'm also curious about some of the things that people bring up that have been holding them back or that are common themes that are conditioning that you find that you really have to confront head on? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of timing, the beautiful thing about this process is that you take the time you need, you know, and the good news is when I was going through it, I didn't have anything like this. And so I was having to just learn from different coaches and all these different things. And it took me years but coming, having a coach alongside you to ask you the right questions, to help you start to think of your life differently and help you see yourself more clearly, that really cuts out a lot of that time. You know, you really can do it much quicker. But I would say anywhere from, gosh, weeks to months, it really depends on the person. The good news is with every single step, we see massive transformation, like total breakthrough. So that's the good news is that you constantly feel like you're making really good progress. The things that pop up the most, I would say, absolutely self-image, how we see ourselves, how we speak to ourselves, Mm -hmm. perfectionism, people pleasing, you know, it's, it's a lot of that conditioning of what we think we're supposed to be rather than just loving ourselves for who we are. I know that's so much easier said than done, but it's absolutely critical to leading that life you're made for. So that's, that's one part we go back to a lot and it's a lifetime journey, you know, but this is really, we go all in really hard in the beginning to give you a whole new floor, so to say a whole new foundation. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the app store. I would think that a lot of the hidden stuff that's in there too, is this like shame and, and blame, I think that comes up for moms in the workplace. I mean, you said it well of the corporate world wasn't ready for me, but I think a lot of women as they're trying to integrate life and, and work are thinking like, I wasn't ready for the corporate world, or I wasn't ready to be 
a great mom or it's my fault that I'm not able to integrate it. And I think, you know, there was this whole movement that came like early, you know, 2010s, like, you know, I'm thinking about all these people that were like, you know, you need to just like manifest it. And like, you know, you need to believe in yourself and you need to just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like, you know, all these things. And it's like, there's actually a ton of systemic issues that are making it incredibly difficult for women to live the lives that they want to live. And it's actually not your fault. Now, are there individual activations you can take within yourself or are there things you can decide? Okay. Even if like it is shitty out there, I'm still like, I deserve to have it be the best that it can be. So here's what I'm going to take control of one, 100. But is it like my fault that my kid is a neurodivergent kiddo and differently wired and requires more of my attention than I thought that she would before I became a mom? Absolutely not. Is it my fault that a pandemic came and like ruined all of my plans to, you know, travel the world doing speaking like from my book? Like, no, you know, those things aren't your fault. And so I would guess that there's a lot of unpacking around shame and guilt and expectations about what we thought we should be and what people told us that we should be able to be that really aren't our fault at all. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh gosh. There's so much to impact in what you just said, but absolutely. I mean, there are factors. Let's just speak to the systemic piece of it. I mean, we've seen with the pandemic, the millions of women that have left the workforce because we are not set up to succeed in the workforce. We're just not. There's this, these old patriarchal systems that still absolutely exist that work against us. And so a lot of what we do is we do have to unpack a lot of that and, and absolutely place the blame where it belongs. Because so often we think, because most of us in our lives make everything happen for everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. We are, have like an amazing success rate for exceeding expectations, doing all the things. And we mm -hmm. think we should be able to do that for our work and lives. And it's just, there are things absolutely beyond our control. And so part of defining the work-life win-win, right? And that positive thinking is also steeping it in reality and thinking, what are the roadblocks to this? What are the realities to this that I need to come to terms with and find a way to feel really good about, right? Like, how do I still make these circumstances that maybe aren't what I had planned how do I make them a positive? You know, how do I turn those into a win-win in themselves? And ultimately, we just have to define for ourselves what best means, what our version of success is and fulfillment is and freedom is, and then live to that, totally stripping away anyone else's expectations or definitions. Yeah. I think that requires so much inner work, too, on deciding or or discovering maybe that we're worthy of that. I mean, I think like you're saying, like as women, we put other people first, like we're caretakers. We decide other people really have more value than, than we do. And this came up for me a ton as in my, in my work as a physician, less so at modern mommy doc, because I'm kind of the boss here. Right. But in my work as a physician, I answer to 
a board of other physicians that I'm a part of. I'm like in the executive levels, but I still am not like a solo practitioner there. And also Mm -hmm. you're always needing to pay attention to what your patients need. And there's always these demands that are on you. And when I was younger as a physician, there really was this thing that came with being a doctor. Like when you got your white coat, they would say basically like, you know, so like now this is your calling on your life. Like you must put your patients first. And I bought into that. And then I realized as I got further along in my career that actually by doing that and putting everybody else first, I never had a boundary that was like accepting or acknowledging my own value. And I didn't realize that as I was doing that, that then I would actually be able to serve other people with less freedom. And I actually wouldn't be able to do as good of a job for my kids at work for these patients because I had all this resentment that would start to bubble up inside. I still did it, but I was like, with this like kind of like grimace on my face as I did it as people, you know, pushed me to fill out a sports form. I didn't want to fill out right then or, you know, demanded a specialist referral that I felt like wasn't actually in their best interest or my kids, you know, who wanted and needed my attention and time. And it actually wasn't the moment that was going to work for me. And so I think so much of this also, when we're going on a journey or taking a journey with someone like you, if we decide to do that, like step one is deciding we're worthy of the journey. We're worthy of success that actually means something Mm -hmm. to us. You're absolutely right. And that's literally step one within the brand discovery process. It's all about self-worth and identity. It's Mm -hmm. 100% of what it is. And you're absolutely right. I love what you said. So my ultimate mission is to see more women and especially working mothers at the top of industry and influence. All industries, all levels, all influence in terms of politics, in terms of corporations, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the trick there is, is we can't just get them there the way things are. Right. We have to get them there to where they feel whole, they mm-hmm. feel fulfilled, and they feel free, and they feel like they're being honored, their values are being honored. Otherwise, the work suffers. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the impact is not nearly as great as it could be, right? And so I completely am aligned with you and thinking there that, yes, the self-worth work is absolutely critical because... Yeah, we we have. We've been taught from the beginning that we're caretakers, you know, and yeah, the people pleasing. It's like a little bit of a pandemic all on its own. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a single woman who doesn't have that pull to please, to constantly please. And so boundary work can be tough, but it's so, so critical to actually, you know, making the decision that what you want is worthy and is necessary for you to make the impact on the world that you want, whatever that looks like. Do you find that the women who go through your coaching or through your program, that they end up feeling less busy? You know, because busyness, I feel like is this big thing, like overwhelmed with busy, so much to do, so many things. Do you feel like that's one Mm -hmm. outcome that people have? Yes, absolutely. Because so much of the busyness in my mind comes from like lacking purpose in the things Mm -hmm. that we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's this constant, just it's like when you're laying in bed and all you can do is think about the to-do list, even while your husband just like dozes right off to sleep. (laughs) Makes you crazy. (laughs) Yes. But yes, like, 
that that's a big part of it. Like good sleep, waking up eager to start the day and also feeling ultimately just so much more in control of what you're doing. And I have a whole part of my goal setting practice is all about adding purpose to it, you know, so that way you feel that fulfillment and that freedom when doing those things and also helping you clear out the things that aren't necessary Mm because there's a lot we do that isn't expected of us by anyone but ourselves and ultimately is not getting us to where we want to go. So it can come off the list. The reason I'm asking is because as I've gone more on this journey toward really values-driven and purpose-driven integration for myself, people more than ever, they've always said this to me, but people more than ever are like, whoa, you're so busy. You have so many things going on. And I am over here sitting here going like, I'm actually less busy than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> like, and it's because two things. One, I'm learning how to say like, that's actually not something for me to do. This is like, that's not something only I uniquely am put into the world to do. So that means somebody else needs to do that. Either it needs to mm-hmm. not happen or I need to delegate it to somebody else or swap things with people for them to do it or pay somebody to do it. And I don't mean that in like a rich bougie way. I mean that in like a, I'm making this investment into my company because I know there's going to be money that's made on the other end of it. Right. So I'm not saying like, you don't want to clean your house, go get a house cleaper 80 times a day. I'm just saying like in business that I've decided there are things I don't need to do. And then also I think just because it's made it easier for me to say no, like you're saying to this junk that I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. That sounds draining. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that today. You know, and, uh, and as much as possible beforehand saying, sorry, actually, it's not going to work for me. But also when I get that tightness in my chest to be able to listen to it, to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to switch. I, I have to switch plans. Like, I thought it was going to work. It's not going to work. And I try my hardest not to do that as much as possible to like be flaky on people. But if I have to be because I'm losing sleep or I'm in that like to-do list, to to really stop and listen to ourselves, I think that's one of the most powerful tools we can give women is to have that awareness of like, if your body's telling you a message, you got to listen to it because your body's smart. Your body has an inner knowing that is intelligent. Yes, absolutely. That is a huge part. Listening to and then trusting yourself Mm -hmm. and your instincts. Like they're there for a reason. They're, they're there to ultimately tell you what you need and what you don't need. And it's okay to listen to those. And even if it's not a, Oh, that sounds terrible. Like, like years ago, I heard Jen Hatmaker say, I don't know if you know Jen Hatmaker, Mm -hmm. but she's wonderful. But she said, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. (laughs) I'm like, that is brilliant. I love that. Because so often we sign our kids up to do this or do this or, and it's like, you know, we've got, we only have so much time. Time is the only thing that is absolutely finite in this whole situation, which Mm -hmm. is by the way, why I hate work-life balance because it basically assumes time is like the only measurement of success in life. And meanwhile, we have no control of it over it. We have only so much of it. And yeah, none of us knows how much we even have. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, ultimately learning to listen to ourselves and trust that voice is actually the thing that sets us free. I have something called a freedom formula where it, it's like the silliest thing. It's literally just 
asking yourself questions or listening to what your what the answers are when someone else asks you a question and then making the decision to believe yourself <laughs> and then having just like the faith or the audacity or the whatever it is to see that decision through like that's how we get free it's just as simple as that for some reason we've been conditioned to make that the hardest thing for women especially moms to do uh, Mallory, thank you for being here. I know there are probably a lot of women who are listening to this that are thinking, yes, now I, I had no idea what personal <laughs> branding was, but now I need it in my life. Maybe this is one of the answers to unlocking some freedom and joy for myself and purpose. So tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and about your offerings. Awesome. Yeah. So MalloryDittmer.com is where you can find me. And then I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn, Mallory underscore Dittmer. And I have my podcast, the Work-Life Leadership Podcast. So you can find me there. And thank you so much, Whitney, for having me. This has been such an awesome conversation. And I just, I love speaking with women who do things completely different than me in terms of a career and, and kind of seeing where things align. Because ultimately, we all feel like we're the only one and our situation's different. And ultimately, when we get real deep, we find that we're all having a very universal experience. So this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.